Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. And the whole premise of this particular message is that we is to inspire you to help build something. I guess some of us call it legacy, but to build something that outlasts you and I. Um, I was looking at Tia's social media account the other day, and she shared, or no, she emailed us or text message uh, Mason wanting to watch the baptism video. He just kept playing it over and over. And, and the reason I love that is because what's, what, what we're building up in, in people, in young kids like Mason, is this thing where, 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 where baptism is important to him. And so my response back to her, I was like, future pastor of Mosaic Church, Mason Menace. I firmly believe that all of this hard work we're doing, all of the setting up and tearing down, all of the, the moving that we've done, I firmly believe that this generation of children that are here right now are going to do far greater than we could ever imagine, but we have to lay down the foundation. One of the reasons I love Dr. Crawford Lawrence is he's a man of legacy. It's the same reason I love Tony Evans. It's the same reason I love Charles Stanley. It's the same reason I love John Osteen. These are the patriarchs of children that they laid a foundation for that currently what they did laid this foundation and what they're doing now outlasts what they laid down. Everybody knows Joel Osteen, but he wasn't the first pastor of Lakewood Church. It was his dad, John. But, but what John laid, Joel came and did better. We know Joel is a household name. Uh, everybody, if you look at uh, First Baptist Church, uh, where, where Pastor Charles Stanley is, he still has a huge congregation, but he created something that will outlast even what he's doing. And Andy has done it even bigger and better. And I firmly believe that the children here at Mosaic Church will do similar, if not greater. What we're doing is laying a foundation. It's sort of like David wanting to build the, 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 the temple or the Ark of Covenant for, for, for God. But he says, no, 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 no. You're going to finance it. Your son Solomon is going to do the work. And he did even greater because we know that, that Solomon was one of the greatest and wisest kings to ever live. And so the purpose of this series is that we lay a foundation for the next generation. The good news is that they're already excited about being here. They love being here. Even if some of y'all wake up in the morning and say, I don't feel like going to church, your child does not feel that way. 
Your children love being here. They're excited about being here. Part of it is being with their friends, but the other part is that they're learning something. They're having a good time learning about God. They love participating and worshiping him through liturgical dancing. They love being a part of what God is doing. So we're already laying the foundation. Today, I really want to focus on church. Our conversation today is going to be about faith on fire. Now, once again, I have to give credit where credit is due. I, I, I love this series. This series is great. It says everything that I would like to say, but it's not mine's. Yes, I put an S on it for those who weren't paying attention. It's not mine. Craig Rochelle, Life Church, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. He is the originator of this series. But sometimes people say stuff so well that, that it's like, you know what, I don't even want to mess with it. With his permission, we're going to use it, and we have permission to use it. Now, I will uh, change some of the scripture. I will definitely, certainly change all of the stories because, I you know, I, I'm not into plagiarism. But the idea behind it, Craig Rochelle said it perfectly. And so I says, I'll use that and kind of create my own. So this is uh, uh, a series created by Craig Rochelle, pastor of uh, Life Church, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Today we're talking about faith on fire. And our, our, our theme, our scripture throughout this whole thing is from the book of Psalms, 112, verses 1 through 4, then verse 6b. And if you have your Bible, you can follow along or it'll be, it's even in your notes or it's on the screen here. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous, and those who are righteous will be long remembered. Here he's talking about that next generation, and this is who we need to be raising up, a generation that is generous, compassionate, and righteous. Now, now, many of it, us in here are parents, but I just want to let everyone, everyone in this entire place know that this message is not for parents, it's for all of us. Because we are all in a community where there are children. We have nieces. We have nephews. We have grandchildren and godchildren. So we're all responsible to some degree how they turn out. Now, now culture says this. Culture tells us this. That, that, that raising well-rounded, well-educated, and happy children's, children, it equals success. That's what culture tells us. Culture says that, that raising well-rounded, well-educated, happy children equals success. You've done good for yourself as a parent. If your child is well-rounded, is, 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 is well-rounded, well-educated, and happy. Now, how many of you know happiness is fleeting? In other words, it happens for a moment, but then goes away. But joy comes from the Lord, and that lasts forever. Now, 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 how many of you know people, friends, children that fit all three of these? 
but don't know God. You don't have to raise your hand. I know children. I know people. I, I have friends that I grew up with. They grew up in, I mean, we wanted to live their lifestyle. Where we lived in the projects, they actually lived in a house, right? They had the ladies' clothes, and, and they were the first ones driving, and they, they had it all going on. They went to private school even. I'll never forget they went to private Catholic school because their parents could afford it, and they were all around happy. But those same kids that I grew up with that had that lifestyle apart from Jesus are now criminals. I know, I know for a fact. I saw it on social media last night bragging about <laughs> being real inwards. A real inward ain't a snitch. And I'm like, you went to Catholic school. You had two parents in a household. You always had the latest this, the latest that. Y'all sat down and had dinner together. You seemed to be very happy growing up, but you turned out to be a criminal. But society says having all of those elements that equals successful parenting. The Bible also tells us what good is it for man to gain the world but lose his soul. And that's what happens when we raise well-rounded, well-educated, happy children. But here's God's model for success. Here's God's model for success. Watch this. Here's what he wants us to do. He says this. We are called to unleash Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. He's not called us to raise well-rounded, well-educated, happy children. Now, now our kids need to be educated. They, They need to be exposed to different cultures and stuff in the world. I get that. And, we, and, and, of course, we want them to be happy. But I want, first and foremost, my children, the Santiago's, and, of course, yours, but I'm talking about mine right now for a second. I want them first to be Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. And as a result, the other stuff happens, not vice versa. That's our mandate from God, is that we teach our children those principles, that they are Christ-centered biblically anchored and we should set a goal for them to be world changers it's not good enough to just change your community it's it's not good enough to just influence your friend you have the power to change the world and we need you to know that but it starts with you understanding and knowing the bible this is why here at mosaic church we have a separate ministry just for kids some people don't agree with that some people, hey, you know, uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday school when we were growing up, would you sit next to mama and, and you eat a, a, a peppermint? And if you talk, we're going to pinch you. That's old school. And, and, and it worked sometimes. But from where I stood, those kids that grew up like that, especially the girls, they were the easiest ones to get. And the reason why is because they were well-rounded, well-educated, happy children that went to church. But they weren't biblically <laughs> biblically trained. They weren't uh, uh, biblically anchored children. Uh, uh, you know, they, didn't ha- they weren't filled with the word. They just went to church, sat next to mom and daddy, got a pinch if they talk, here's a peppermint, shut it up. That's not good enough. 
And they wore nice suits. They knew how to, they wore suits and dresses and all that stuff. And I'm saying, forget all of that. Let's talk about the Bible first. Let's get all of, the, all of God in you first. We need to unleash Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. And I'm going to tell you how we do that. I want to tell you how we do that right now. How do we do that? We have to control the exposure. We have to manage what we expose them to. We have to manage what we expose them to. See, see, we can, we can expose them, and I'll be the first one to admit, I don't, we don't just play gospel music at my house. We don't. We name name. We do that. I'm pretty good at it. I'm not going to do it now. We, we, we do stuff that, that, is, that is considered culturally normal or abnormal for pastors. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't block them from, from stuff that's, that, that they're going to find out about anyway. Because what's going to happen is the school, the friends, their peers will dictate what their future looks like. So we, we, we allow them to have that, but it starts with, do you know your God first? Uh, uh, you know, TV, we don't watch TV. First thing in the morning, we, we pray together, we eat together, and, and when they're done doing all of their stuff to get ready for school in the morning, one of the first things we do is like, well, Daddy, I'm done with everything. Can I watch TV? No. Are you done with everything? Yeah, I'm done with everything. I got my books out. I got everything packed. I got my shoes on. I'm ready. I put lotion on because you know you got you can't send your kids out ashy, even in the summer. And so, so when they've done all of that, and, and I said, you've done everything. We've done everything. Did you read your Bible? Didn't do everything. You're not going to walk out my house until you've read the Bible. And then we're going to have a conversation about it on our ride to school. And then when we get to school, one of the things, one of the things me and my children do is, is we rotate prayer. So, so I drop Jakai off separately, so he and I go back and forth. I'll pray uh, Monday. He'll pray Tuesday. I'll pray Wednesday. He'll pray Thursday. And then I'll pray Friday. Me, Broderick, and Brooke, we, we, we rotate too. So it's I pray Monday, Brooke Tuesday, Broderick Wednesday, back to me, back to Brooke. Then it rotates, and on Monday, it's Junior again. They will not get out of the car until we've prayed. I've literally had to pull out of the carpool lane just so we can pray. Why? Because I'm laying that foundation that I understand where you're going is the world. There are kids that listen to Nene the cuss version, not, not the radio version. There are kids that listen to inappropriate stuff. There are kids that were up last night watching Empire with their mamas. And you're going to be exposed to that. But I'm going to manage it by laying the foundation of Christ first so that when you come against that, you can say, oh, we don't watch that, but we did watch something else. We watched the war room. Did you see that? We, we, we did all these other things. We're laying the foundation for our kids because here's the thing. We can try to hide them from the world all day long. And all we're doing is making, building up rebellion. And this is why those church girls back in the day were easy. Because they wanted to rebel against their daddies who said, you can't hang out with this type of boy. You can't go to that dance because that's, that's Satan. Y'all going to be bumping and grinding. That's Satan. Instead of the parents laying down the foundation saying, I'm going to release you anywhere in this world. Why? Because the world needs to see that you are an ambassador of Christ and I trust you. And this is what we need to be doing, laying down that foundation uh, with our children, starting with Christ. Watch this. Watch this. I love what Joseph says here. He says, if you decide that it's bad to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve. And that's what's going to happen with our kids. 
They'll choose a God, little g, that they'd rather serve. That could be pornography. It could be drugs and alcohol. It could be sex. They're going to choose a God if we don't choose one for them. Watch this. He says, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, big G, then choose a God, little g, you'd rather serve and do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshipped from the country beyond the river or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. But this is my favorite part. Ooh, I love this part because this is the foundation I laid at Casa de Santiago. It says, but as for me and my family, we're going to worship God. Now, now, some translations say, but as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. But at the Santiago household, we, God is the foundation. I don't care. I feel so confident in allowing my kids to listen to some of the stuff they listen to because I know the foundation we've laid. You can, you can quiz any one of my kids about some stuff. It's not Bible, but just about morals. And, and I guarantee they won't fail in that because we've laid such a foundation uh, uh, that they know where they stand. They're not worried about upsetting myself or Erica. They're more worried about upsetting God. And I think as long as your kids are worried about upsetting you, they nine times out of ten may do that. But when they're more concerned about upsetting God, it kind of changes the, ther- uh, the, the thermometer to which uh, they'll make a decision. It raises the heat a little bit. God is totally different. He controls my life. He's over my life. He gave me life, but he used mom and dad to give it to me. And we laid that foundation. And so, and so this is what I'm, I want you all to get. Now, some of y'all are like, I'm not a parent. One day you will be, but you got nieces, nephews, godchildren, uh, cousins, just kids you might even like. They need to hear this type of stuff. Our children are regularly exposed to people with bad attitudes, an over-sexualized community, a materialistic society, and a place full of prejudices. They're already exposed to that. We can't stop that. We can't have our children walk around with blinders. I mean, you know, there's a reason why homeschooling is so popular. It has something to do with the education system, but a lot more to do with culture. I I don't want my kids going to school where where they're doing that. There's gangs in that school. There's gangs everywhere. There's gangs in the church. There's gangs everywhere. I don't don't want my kids going to that school because I heard they be smoking weed all the time. They were smoking weed next door to you. The person you said hello to in the supermarket just hit a blunt. Wherever you go, the kids are exposed. Why? Because we live in a world that's full of stuff, but we have to manage the exposition, how, what they're exposed to. We have to control that. How do we do that? It's all about the foundation. Listen, here's the thing. Managing exposure. Here's the first note. How do we do that, Pastor B? Well, expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. That's your starting point. Expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. Now, listen to what I'm saying here. Catch it. Expose them, meaning they have to see it, experience it, taste and see for themselves the joy of knowing God personally. One of my greatest, greatest moments in in ministry to date was baptizing my children. And them making a decision on their their own to say, hey, dad, I want to be baptized. 
That spoke volumes to me. I did not have to force them. I didn't have to push them. I didn't have to trick them. I didn't have to say, hey, if you get baptized today, we're going to get some ice cream. No, it was, it was you know what, Daddy? Uh, we, want, we want to be baptized. But, but prior to that, the other greatest decision was I took my oldest boy, Ja'Kai, to a, to a Christian camp called Young Life, where I have a group of mentees that I take there every year. And these boys were in this room, and we were all talking, and we started talking about salvation. And, and, and we asked a couple guys if they wanted to. We extended an invitation to accept salvation in their lives. And uh, we asked whatever said such a prayer. And my son looks over at me and says, Dad, I go to church, and I know God, and I've read the Bible. He says, but I don't think I've ever said that prayer. I says, you probably haven't. I've never asked you to. I've never forced it upon you. I wanted you. I wanted God to penetrate your heart to the point where you wanted more of him. I says, but did you want to say that prayer today? And I says, yeah. I want to know that I'm saved. He said that on his own. He made that decision on his own. He decided that. One of the greatest moments in ministry. And so we walked him through the prayer of salvation. Now, because of that, he gets to know God, watch this, personally and intimately himself. Uh, now, no longer do I have to ask him, uh, you know, hey, you want me to pray for you about certain situations in school? Uh, is there a friend? No, now he can say, hey, Dad, you know what? This, you know, I think the other day he told me a story about somebody who was uh, having some issues or something. Oh, one of his friends uh, had moved, and he didn't know where that kid moved. Uh, but I just summarized it. The kid was evicted. And he knew that, but he didn't know the word for it. And he says, Dad, uh, my friend was really sad because uh, he came to his apartment and all of his stuff was outside, and so they had to move. And I said, well, what did you do, Jakai? He says, I was sad for him. I said, but what did you do, Jakai? He says, well, I prayed. I was like, that's all I want to hear. You know what to do because there's nothing you can do in moments like that sometimes except pray. You're 14 years old. You ain't got no money. All you know to do is pray. And it's because we've laid down the foundation. And he knows the joy of knowing God personally and intimately. Oftentimes, instead of exposing our children to a relationship with God, we expose them to rules. That's why kids don't come to church. It has nothing to do with, and I won't even, let me stop right there. That's why people don't come to church. Because we don't expose them to the relationship they can have with Christ. We expose them to the legalism or legalistic form of church full of rules, which died when Jesus died. But we are still putting people and persecuting them under the law. But we are no longer under the law. We are under the grace and mercy of Christ. And I think that people would be running back to church if they knew that there's a real relationship they could have void of any rules. That doesn't mean, that, that doesn't mean you can just walk around and sin. No, it doesn't mean that. But what it does mean that if you do slip up, God is there to forgive you. He's a God of first, second, third, fourth, 500 chances. He will forgive you. But we need to expose people to that relationship where they can receive that kind of forgiveness. People need to understand that, that, that it's not about rules at any church. It's about relationship. And people t- t- tend to think that for some reason or another, 
I don't want to go to church. When I go, they judge me. I don't want to go to church. There's so many rules to follow. I don't want to go to church. I can't do this. I can't do that. If I, it still amazes me that people still don't come to church because they say they don't have anything to wear. I'm like, listen, as long as you don't come in naked, you good. You got some shorts and a T-shirt. Matter of fact, if you got some shorts, I'll give you a T-shirt. We can hook you up. There's no excuse. That, that, that excuse is dead in any church in America now. But there are people that still say, I can't go to church. I, I ain't got nothing to wear. Yes, you do. What did you wear yesterday? What are you wearing now? Doesn't matter. Come at thank you very much. Come as you are. God wants your heart. He don't want your wardrobe. He don't care about your wardrobe. He wants your heart. And here's the other thing. The more rules that we set in the church, the more we're setting ourselves up for rebellion. Again, I go back to the church girls. This is why they were easy. So many rules. So many. They were in this box. They, I'm getting out this box. Not all of them, but the ones I knew. In my hood, biggest, you know what, in the hood. Because they had so many rules that they decided to rebel. Here, here, here's the second thing. Well, let me say one more point in this. This is good. I just forgot about this. Expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. What they see is what they'll emulate. In other words, I just say it this way. More is caught than is taught. Catch that. More is caught than is taught. In other words, what they see you do, more likely they will replicate. What, what they see you do is what they will catch versus what you tell them to do. Does that make sense now? More is caught than is taught. They need to see you in action. They need to see your joy <laughs> and your personal relationship with God before you preach it. They need to see how you interact with God. They need to see you praying. They need to see you shouting and crying out to the Lord. They need to see you worshiping to understand how to worship. Many of us don't know how to worship because nobody ever showed us. They need to see your relationship with God. Here's the second point. We need to expose them to the presence and power of God in his church. We need to expose them to the presence and power of God in his church. I'll summarize it. If you miss church any given Sunday, you miss a lot. And the reason why is because God is always in motion, and we're trying to stay in the same motion that he is in. If you miss church any given Sunday, you miss a lot. And what we need to be teaching our kids is that, you know, God is everywhere. God is all over. He's omnipresent. But there's something special about when he, when, when, when a group of us get together, that sets it all apart. Here's a perfect example. If we look at the church in Acts 2, they were all together, and that's when the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they left change forever. Uh, even if we look at what the Bible says, it says, where two or three are joined in my name, I am among you. 
If we look at when God did major things, he did it when the people were assembled in what we would call a church. Had nothing to do with a building. It was the assembly of believers. That is church. You are the church. We are the church. This building is not the church. We, the people, assembled together, learning and gleaning from God himself, are the church. And when people come together in this atmosphere called church, supernatural things tend to happen. And that's where our children can see the power and the presence of God in the church. Here's what I know. Your job is not optional. You have to go to work. School is not optional is what we tell our kids. They have to go to school. Why is church optional? Y'all don't have to answer that. Because if you answered it, then you would be the guilty party. We've allowed church to be optional. Not for our kids, but when we don't show up, it becomes optional. When we're not making church a priority, it's optional. And our kids are seeing this and they're saying, church is optional. You don't go, mom. You don't go, dad. Church is optional. That's more important in church. I know you want to go have brunch or I know you want to go catch the game. I know you want, that's more important than God is what you're telling your child when you don't show up. And I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just telling you what we're, la- what, we're, what we're putting in front of our kids. And it's not because I'm pastor, but my kids don't even question if we're going to church. And this is before I became a pastor. It was like, that's what we, that's who we are. We're, we're church. Before they would ask for us to not go to church, they would ask to take a day off of school. I promise you. I, literally, they'll make all kinds of excuses. Daddy, you know, I mean, Brooke had the audacity the other day to say, Daddy, I'm just too tired. What? I mean, just all audacity. You too tired to go to school? Girl, please. You better get yourself to put some water on your face and let's get one some coffee or something. Tired is not an excuse. They don't even, they don't even go with the, I'm sick. She's, you know, because my kids don't like to lie, so she just went with the truth. You know, I'm tired. Let's see if that works. You said, be honest, I'm tired. All right, I'm sorry you're tired, baby. I'll make you some turkey bacon, and we're going to get ready to go to school. Period. Not an option. I'm sorry you're tired. But we've taught our kids in our actions that church is optional. And I get it, man. Gosh, please understand me. I get it. Nobody in this room is not busy. Even if you're retired, you're busy. Everybody is busy. We live in a world that's busier than it's ever been. Thank you. We're all busy. But we can never be too busy for God because the minute you become too busy for God, he will suddenly become too busy for you. And you've got to remember that. Whatever you're busy doing, I guarantee you pray to be busy. And how can you forget the one who gave such the blessing? Lord, have mercy. Here's my final point. Expose our children to the thrill of being used by God. There's a reason why Mosaic Kids Zone has grown the way it has grown. There's a reason why their numbers almost double, not double ours, but are more than ours on most occasions. And the worship team can come because it's my final point right here. You know what that reason is? It's because they like being used by God. There are children back there right now worshiping whose parents are not in this room. And you know why that is? It's because the children invited them. We ain't, they ain't invite the parents. They're like, you come to church. 
even if your parents will come, my mom, my dad, somebody will drop you off. Our children have learned the great gift of evangelism. Something amazing is already happening. They're already excited about, 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 about being used by God, but we cannot let that fire die. I love when, when I hear my children say they prayed for a friend. I love to hear uh, my children say, hey, we want to invite some people. I love when our children say stuff like they want to uh, do something that would honor God. I love when the, uh, the uh, Kim and Joseph's daughters, they constantly draw mosaic pictures. Why? Because they, they love mosaic. They love being used by God. They love being known by God. They love representing God. The foundation has been laid. And whether you have children or not, you've got to lay that same foundation in the children that you do know. It is a thrill to be used by God. I tell people all the time, the reason I love coming here on Sunday, it is a privilege for me to do this. The reason back in 2009, I got up early in the morning. Sometimes I would leave a gig, sleep for two hours in the garage of the church building we were at get up just so I could set up for church. You know why? Because it was a thrill to that God would use me. God, why, you chose me? And you know my past? You know the thought I had like two hours ago? You know the place I just left doing a gig? You knew my wandering eyes and you still chose me? Really? You must be a powerful God. You must have a big heart. You must really love me to use me. It is a privilege to serve God. It is a thrill. It's exciting. It's like, it's, like, it's like a breath of fresh air. Because I know in the end, he is pleased with whatever we do. Whatever we do here that honors him, he is well pleased. We need to teach our kids what that means. We can tell them to do it all day long, but they have to see it. They have to see our faith in action. Amen? Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor V said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.